Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change, but your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting, in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the green room. They say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. So in this episode, we're going to pick our favorite imitators. We're choosing our top five cover songs that are better than the original. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome to the 3324 Podcast. If you're new, we appreciate you checking us out. And if you're returning, welcome back. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. We are also on social media, so follow us on Facebook or Instagram at 3324podcast. Yep. See, that was good, right, Eric? That worked. That, that's right. We're, Hello, we're asking, Dean. Hey, how's it going, Eric? We're, <laughs> we're asking good. for help. Give, give us the follow on, on Instagram and Facebook. We appreciate mm-hmm. it. Yep. So, uh, yes, this is the 3324podcast. I am Dean. You just heard from Eric, and uh, we are going to guide you through one of our top five uh, shows, which are always fun. This, this is, these are one of the shows that we get to kind of stretch out and kind of relax and, and have a little fun with, with some of the subjects. Um, so in this one, we are going to choose our top five cover songs that we think are better than the originals. And there are some caveats. We always have we always have ground rules when we do these, just so it doesn't go off the rails. So um, the ground the, the ground rule is is that it could not it cannot be a live version of a song, and the original song had to have been recorded by somebody, right? So it can't just be a song that somebody wrote and somebody else recorded and was a hit. Yeah. that's not really a yeah. cover per se. Right. And then mm. with with live. Everybody does cover songs live, so it would be very easy to find a really great cover that's live. So we're what we're we're doing is we're challenging ourselves to find uh, a, a great cover that was recorded and on an album, and then the original that was also recorded uh, and 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 released as well. Okay, that's right. right? Does yep. that sound fair? Yep, more than fair. All right. So this was um, wow. Uh, I there was there is there's a lot to ch- there is a lot to choose from and it depends on on how you approach it right yeah it is it is it is somewhat subjective let's put it that way you know well, well, it's very subjective it's very subjective but, and, and but the direction you can go with this it really just by saying covers uh, it gives you a lot of latitude 
Mm -hmm. And uh, normally what we, <laughs> we've only done this in the very first episode. The, the ground rules also, we have another rule is, is Eric and I do not share our picks. So I do not know what he picked mm -hmm. and he does not know what I picked. In the first episode, the top five bass players, if you want to see a man get destroyed emotionally, you can check that out because we did try, <laughs> we did, we did try and we, we did try and predict. Uh, and I, I've known Eric since the seventh grade and, and likewise he knows me, right? But he got four out of, he guessed four out of, out of my five picks and I guessed zero out of five. Um, so if you want to see, uh, you want to hear somebody get humiliated uh, in front of a bunch of, of people, go check out the top five bass that players. That was so not my that, intent. Not my intent. <laughs> it was, it was a person, it was a personal humiliation. Yeah, it was an <laughs> and um, yeah. So after if that, anything, we, if anything, I'm the one who should be offended because you, you know, you, you obviously don't know me that well. Yeah, so well, you, there know. You, go. you can, you can, you can make the case. <laughs> but I wasn't that, like, who, you're like, who the hell is this guy? I knew, I know him so well and he doesn't know me. Is he, is he paying attention to anything I say? <laughs> right. I mean, you could, you, well, you, I, I, I always prided myself on being a good listener. So there you what? Go. I didn't hear what you said. I always prided myself on being a good listener. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> See that? So, so what we did is we we quickly scrapped like the whole prediction thing because <laughs> I, yeah, I don't that, think I could take more. I don't think I could take more episodes of that. So, more, um, but we we do have some. I, and you know what? At the end, I'll if I did get something or I did guess one, I'll I'll, I'll certainly uh, I'll let them know. But I I don't. What do you think? A, a, do you think it's, there's any crossover? And B, do there you might think be. you can predict? I, I think I could probably predict at least two. Really? I, I, you know what? You know. All right, you're you're, you're making a bold statement, and I but, think it's, now it's time to show that you really don't know me. Okay. <laughs> I, I think I think it's going to be zero. Okay. I think it's going to be zero, and I and and I don't think I can even. I don't think I can predict predict yours because it, this is such a broad category. It is. I mean, you can go anywhere with this. It's right. You know, and there's so many, so much stuff that I'm probably not aware of that maybe is a cover that I'm not aware of. And, and that a couple of these uh, on my list, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of tip my hand a little bit. A couple of these, I wasn't aware until very, re relatively very recently that they were covers. That's right. Yes. I I, was... uh, there's two on mine that I was like, I, I didn't even know. And it blew and it like blew it, my mind. it was i was talking to my sister today and i was telling her about what we were doing you know we were recording our this episode tonight and and i and i told her what the topic was and she's like oh my god that's so great and you know and she keeps she kept texting me throughout the day i found this <laughs> song i found i had no idea that this was a cover and i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. And check this one out and check this one out and check you know and it's so it's like yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's it, i think this is going to be a fun one i i yeah, I don't want to build but it I up, mine, but I think I'm going to um, surprise you. I think, well, I hope, I, yeah, I, I, I want to be surprised, you know? That's, I, I think that's I the point. Be, so I want to be sedated. We, we don't want to be too predictable. <laughs> but on the other hand, I I, cho I, I went about mine, um, I tried to pick one from uh, uh, each, each, each decade. I do, I do, <laughs> I like I like going back and doing, you know... In, and for those that have listened to the other top fives, I, I am at a constant battle to try and pin Eric down to make his number one, like the, like to take us, make a statement that the number one, um, and, and I, as always, I will make the statement that my number one, I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with me, honestly, honestly. Okay. So yeah. I don't know if that's going to give it away, but, or maybe you're not, you're not sure where I'm coming from on it, but, but I think my I think number one is going to be it. 
Yeah. Well, I have my number one is not that, but it almost was. So that make makes it number sense. two. Make it number two then. Pick something else. So I decided to put my previous number one as an honorable mention. Wow. Only okay. because it might be easy, very easy to predict. Wow, that's going to be interesting. Or so, you know, or I could, or I should say, it is undisputable. All and right. I, I wanted to choose something a little bit more interesting to talk about. Okay. So there you go. I, I'm, I think yeah. I'm going to, well, we, we might be on the same wavelength, but yeah. uh, I'm, I'm giving props to number one. Uh, number one, you, 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 we're, I'm building, I'm really building this. Say I'm building it. Uh, number one, you, you cannot dispute uh, that this is number one. But you, you're, you're kind of a decades guy because when we did the top five yeah. bass players, you also did them in like age <laughs> You did them in yeah, age order age range. and age range. So you're, um, I'm getting, see, I'm getting to know you that you, you, you like things, not necessarily to, to like rate them one through five, but you like to order them and put them in an order. Yeah. I don't necessarily like yeah. to rate them, yeah. you know, so that's, you know, the, what, but yeah, I do like to go in, okay. in, in some semblance of order so far, because like final, you say, there's a wide spectrum absolutely. of covers through the years. And, so, so know. final question before we jump so, in, Yeah, uh, are you going from the early the early decades you know older decades to now no I'm, going, I'm starting now with to backwards i'm starting with most recent to, most recent to backwards okay to, so to then backwards. let's let's yeah. do it we are yep. we are starting our number five our top five covers that are better than the original so eric kick us off number five okay well, my number five is uh heroes by peter gabriel his his version <clears throat> now make no mistake it's very very hard to top David Bowie. Um, but, uh, I've been hearing this version quite a bit. Oh, uh, and, you know, not only recently, but just, you know, I've heard it when the album came out, it came out in 2010 as an album called scratch my back, which was an album of covers that he did of various artists. And, and a second volume of that album was made by some of the artists that he covered and doing his songs. So it was a nice little project that he put together but when I heard this thing, man, I was I, I was floored. I think it's stunning, and I love David Bowie's. It's my favorite David Bowie song, um, and my probably my favorite album by David Bowie was Heroes in '77. But I think what it is, it's it may not be necessarily better, but I think it it, it it's a different uh, perspective. It you know it 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 puts you in a, in a different mindset. It's sad. It's melancholy. It's the the lush production on this thing. The strings. He does away with all his percussion, all the keyboards, all the things that you know you know Peter Gabriel to do, and 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 he just used an orchestra with this thing, and that's it. And it's just him and his voice, and this orchestra, and it's absolutely gorgeous. I, I just love it. It it makes it really brings tears to my eyes when I when I listen to it. And it was used actually to great effect. And I think it was season three of Stranger Things when I was watching it. It blew me away. I think you know what I'm talking about. The, st- the scene in the uh, in the mall. And I think they they played the song then. And it's like all the kids are standing together. And it, and like, it really brought tears to my eyes. And I was watching it with my youngest son. And he was affected emotionally by it as well, which wow. was wow. even. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, no, that's powerful. So, but as, 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 as you may know, everybody out there, I'm a diehard Genesis fan. And Peter Gabriel has always been a, a diehard Bowie fan. He's a, he's a Bowie acolyte. So, so yeah, it's almost like 
it was meant to be that he would actually do this. And, you know, he didn't actually get David Bowie, unfortunately, to cover one of his songs. I would have liked to see, you know, heard that, but it didn't happen. So, but yeah, that's my number five. Wow. I, I was trying to think how, how Genesis might fit, fit in somewhere. Like I, I no, only because, you know, they, they're known for, for doing their own songs. They're not known yeah. for, for covering. Right. So, yep. so uh, I'm surprised, but then not shocked. Mm-hmm. That that you that you you were able to get that in there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great pick. Okay, so my number five is one of those songs that listening to it up until uh, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, did not know it was a cover, um, and and it was written by a a pretty big artist too. So it was like, how do you, how did I not know, or how do people not know? It's "Lot of Love" by Nicolette Larson. It came out in 1978, hit number eight on the charts. Uh, it's from her debut album, Nicolette, written by Neil Young. So I went to go listen to his his version of it, and you could not find two more different versions of something. Yes. Um, his is very kind of heart of goldish or or old man-ish, you know, that just the guitar and strumming and and singing it. And Nicolette Larson's version, and they both came out in the same year. Actually, 1978, Neil Young's album Comes a Time came out. And Nicolette Larson sang on almost every song on Comes a Time, except for <laughs> except for Lot of Love and one other song. So she that's, was she, Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was she was like a you know, kind of a backing singer. Um, for those that don't know Nicolette Larson, she's very much in the in the Linda Ronstadt mold. Um, she could, you know, she, her career didn't take off the way Linda's did. And, and they actually think sang some backing songs together, vocals on, on other albums too. She, she's in that zone. So if you check out her first album, she, she does the same thing, interpreting songs, but yeah, a lot of love's got that jazzy saxophone in the beginning and it, it's just got a, a, a jazzy vibe and then it's got a flute solo in the middle. So like, where are you going to get that? Always in love with the, with the song and just her, her. Yeah presentation of it and but then when i heard that when i read that neil young wrote it I, it kind of i'm like oh my god this guy wrote such a you know such a, like it just seemed very un neil young to me uh, yeah. especially because he wears so many but he wears so many different hats godfather of grunge and, and csn and buffalo you know he just does so many things that i shouldn't be surprised but the lot lot of love nicolette larson from 1978 was it i mean that's just we're we're, we're kicking it off uh with with no decade order but uh, she's the number five. Cool. I think what I, uh, just to make a quick note, I think the one thing that they do have in common on this song is it, there is a sadness to it. Even her version, I think there, there's, I don't know why, but it, it always may, makes me, there's a little bit of heartache in that and in, in her vocal. And, and it just, it, it kind of always affected me that way, mm -hmm. you know, there's so maybe that's the only, maybe just the melody itself or whatever yeah. oh, but it's oh, no, just it's, you know but it's definitely a song of, of yeah. longing and, and yeah. wanting and and yeah no it's it, it's kind of hopeless hopeful but basically yeah it's gonna it's gonna oddly take a lot of love you know, oddly, oddly enough it always reminded me of the girls we went to school with <laughs> for okay. some girls it, that it, we went to school with well I'm, I'm, one girl in particular who unfortunately <laughs> okay. is 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 no longer with okay. us she she died very young yeah I, I, every time i hear the song i think of her I don't know why it just, you know, there's just that melancholy to it. Not to get too personal here. I'm just, I'm going to back off now. Let's, let's, let's move on. Moving um, on. Okay. Moving on. So that, that was, uh, and so yours was 2010. 
Yes. Was your number five. So what, that's right. What decade? Okay, are we this going is from 1996. And this is, uh, you're going to be surprised with this one. Um, it's, it's Killing Me Softly by the Foogies uh, with uh, Lauren Hill on lead vocals there. Uh, this was originally recorded by Roberta Flack in 1973. I, I just, I just, I always like, I like, I mean, her vocal, she's very respectful. I think she's very honoring Roberta Flack because she f- sounds very similar. Yeah, you know, very her, close. You know, very close. So, but I love the hip. I just love the hip hop beat. I just, it's, it's catchy. It's still emotional, but it, there's a, there's a, there, there's still that, you know, that's again, that sadness to it. Yeah. I always, I always loved it. It just, I, you know, it's just one of those songs where you just kind of lay back and you're just, you know, nodding your head up and down and it's, it's not saying anything. It's just a straight up love song, you know, or loss of love and that kind of thing. So whole album I thought was great at the yeah. time. Yeah. The Fugees were, were big when, when this yeah. came out, it just ex- yeah. ex- exploded them. And then Lauren Hill, obviously yeah, the score. Yeah. But also, you know, we used to, I used to go to karaoke a lot. And then of course this was like one of the, the top 10 karaoke songs that people would do. And, you know, every single time we went, the song was done. So that, you know, there's a lot of that attached to it as well. So there's some nice memories there of the song, but uh, yeah, that's uh and there's a, quite a few of uh, songs from the nineties that I wanted to pick, but I, I, I just thought about what, what used to make me, you know, every time I heard it, it made me feel good and that I do like better than the original. Mm-hmm. And it was, since I came to this on the top of my head. So there it is. That's my yeah. No, four. that's a, that's yeah. a great pick because you're, yeah. you're right. She, she does. I don't, I don't think she's trying to imitate Roberta Flack. Cause if you hear her other stuff, she's got a similar, no. similar tone in her voice. Yeah. So by, do covering this it it made it accessible to older people that remember it but but brought it and updated the sound you know with the fujis to mm-hmm. to to make it accessible for for younger people and and bring it to them and yeah that oh my god that thing was gigantic that song yeah yep bam, bam, bam. and yeah. it's just that you know <laughs> yeah no that was going. oh that's yeah. a, that's a great choice i totally yeah. you know what I, I totally forgot about that one mm-hmm. all righty we're, we're moving on we're rolling through this so we will we will probably be able to get to honorable mentions i suppose yeah. My number four is from 1985. Uh, I bought this album. I, I bought this album when it first came out, when it came out. But oddly enough, not I was not a big fan of this person. But uh, all it takes is, is for me to see something on MTV or to, to catch a, you know, catch a catch a song. And, and that's what what did it. But this song I'm going to talk about was not that song. It was uh, this is Joe, Joe Walsh from his Confessor album. Uh, the song is Rosewood Bitters. Okay, and this was another one that I didn't realize he didn't write. I was, and this this was the song I was listening to before we came on. I was li- <laughs> I listened to it twice in a row because I love this thing. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Oh my god, it's so the guitar is just so heavy on it. It's so thick. It's got it's got some synth on it also. Uh, so it's a little eighties ish, but not really because Joe Walsh, you know, <laughs> is going to be Joe Walsh no matter what decade he's in. But yeah, so it's from his album The Confessor. This was like a, a year or two ago when I discovered that this was not an original by him. It was uh, by Michael Stanley, uh, which and he had a group called the Michael Stanley Band. Michael Stanley's debut album came out in 1973, and mm-hmm. Rosewood Bitters was on it, and Joe Walsh played on the original. Um, so that's where that's where it came from. You know, 12 years later, he would be adapting it. Now, if you listen to the Michael Stanley version. It's it's kind of it's it's very it's definitely lighter, but there's a lot more lyrics too. This song had a lot more to it. Joe Walsh kind of took it and you know trimmed away a lot of the lyrics, just in I guess trading off for more of a feel 
you know, and, and his guitar yeah. work in, in yeah. this. And, and I just, oh my God, I just love the, this fat, heavy guitar sound he gets, but this is an, an really an accessible pop song. So it's not a, a hard rock song, but just what, what Joe Walsh was able to do with it totally made it, uh, made it his own. I was like, yeah, I, I just thought he, that, that he wrote this or that it was not originally done. And, and Michael Stanley actually passed away, I believe last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was kind of a, not not a big name, but but well known in 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 the area of the country where he where he was. I think it was in the north, like like Chicago or or Detroit area. I think I could be wrong. Um, so he's kind of like a lo- locally known re- and and well respected. But then Joe Walsh kind of took this and put it on the Confessor, which made that made the Confessor just that much of a better album. Love it. Good choice. Yeah. Very am I surprised? Choice. Am I surprising you? Yeah, that was a surprise. I had no idea that was a cover. Boom. <clears throat> So, dropping boom, <laughs> dropping, dropping bombs on you from Rosewood Bitters from Joe Walsh. So cool. Uh, now number three. So let me see. You did you did 2010, 96. So it's got to be the 80s. Yep, 83, 83. 83. Hmm. And this is fairly. I mean, this is really well known. Really, right hmm. out the gate. So I, I, I'm not picking. Any, I'm not picking up any any hints from that. So go for it. Number three. Okay. So uh, always something there to remind me. Naked eyes. Oh yeah, nice. Uh, written by Burt Bacharach, back in the day. You know, Mister Bacharach. Uh, he he actually recorded it himself. Yeah, this was their number one hit. You know, and I, yeah. think, I don't think you you could have grown up in the '80s without liking this song. I think I don't care who you are, what you listen to, pop perfection. You know, at the time, it was just really, really catchy, really light and bubbly and just it really infectious. And, it, you know, it, it just outright, you know, it just gets you every time. They also um, I always thought now here's an interesting tidbit. Their second single Promises, Promises off the same. This is the album mm-hmm. Burning Bridges. I thought was also written by Burt Bacharach, but it's not. It's not the same song. He yeah. did write a song called Promises, Promises. Oh. And he did put it in the same, I guess he was writing for some kind of show, like I think a Broadway show or something to that effect. And always something there to remind me was in the same show, but he also wrote a song called Promises, but it's not the same song. Ah. It was written by the members of the band. So I don't know if that's maybe their way of maybe paying tribute to Burt Bacharach by naming the song Promises, Promises. I have no idea, but that I, I found that pretty interesting because I always thought that Promises, Promises was also mm. another Bacharach tune, but. Which I, which I actually, I like even, even more than this song, actually. And it's like, and when I was talking to my sister today, you know, that's one of her favorite songs too. So we were kind of, you know, talking about that. Yeah. But and yeah, and I, but, I didn't know that was a cover until much later also. Yeah. Uh, neither did I. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause you're not <clears throat> thinking, you're not thinking about, especially in the eighties, cause mm-hmm. the music was so different that I don't know if you'd be able to pick up that it was a cover, but you just weren't expecting that those artists were, were influenced by that or looking back that far right was that in mm-hmm. the 60s when when the background yeah. version came yeah, out so it was like late 60s maybe 60 geez maybe 67 66 67 yeah, yeah. and and that yeah. song you know always something to remind me that you know the the cover is totally 80s i mean it's got all the 80s <laughs> oh, tri- absolutely all the 80s tricks in it so you don't <laughs> yeah. think that that it's going to be a cover unlike the, the the fujis which is really kind of you know that really sounds close to the original one you compare Mm-hmm. Right, it, it sounds mm-hmm. like an homage as opposed to always something there to remind me. Which, well, that they, was they one of my. Make it their own. That's one another another way I approached this was trying to find a cover that was different in in, in the arrangement, mm-hmm. you know, instead of not just being <laughs> a straight up uh, 
adaptation of the original, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, yeah. But interestingly enough, there's a lot of covers in the 80s. I think it might be, and this was a really big decade for covers. I mean, did you did you know that, for example, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was a cover? Not at the time, no. I had no idea. I, I yeah. just found that out today. Yeah. I had no idea that that was a cover. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I knew it a, maybe relatively recent, but yeah, at the time, no, it's you, you, I didn't know. It was kind of like yeah, I, Cindy Lauper. It's like because because they make these songs their own and they become so identified with yeah. it, right? That you you just think, yeah, that that's her, that's hers. And I love yeah. rock and roll. I didn't know that was a cover either. <laughs> I yeah, just found what, that out. You know, when, when you're doing the research so, and you're trying to yeah. fi- find things, you actually end up yeah. learning a, a lot more. And you say, oh my god, I didn't know that, or I didn't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. And that's a good that's a good one though. Always something there to remind me because it's yeah. so so eighties that they fool you. And they, yeah. and they really punch it up and they don't make it try and sound traditional. That's, what, so. that's like a staple, I think, you know, like when I think, when I think nostalgic for the eighties, that's one of the so- top, probably top five songs that I'm thinking about when I think of the eighties, you know, so. That and safety um, dance. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Men without hats. That's right. <laughs> well, my number, my number three. Three. Is, uh, I'm, I'm going to double dip. I I would want this one to be number one, but it, it can't because the number one is the number one. But if if I was just making my own order, this would be number one. And it's it's You're No Good by Linda Ronstadt hmm. from 1974, Heart Like a Wheel. Linda Ronstadt is one of the most amazing vocalists ever to set foot on this planet, bar none. She is absolutely, uh, th- that's her stock and trade is she's not a songwriter. She sings other people's songs. Mm-hmm. And she makes them her own. And a lot of the stuff when I was growing up in the 70s, her versions of cover songs were the ones that I was introduced to and did not know yeah. that they were covers. Like That'll Be the Day by Buddy Holly. I When mm-hmm. I was a kid, I heard the Ronstadt version. Yeah. Actually, yep. Love is a Rose, I think, was written by Neil Young as well. <laughs> um, yeah. So so uh, her, her her version of Tracks of My Tears, oh, my God. Just absolutely off the charts, blew by you. I mean, she knows she she's done so many, but you're no good. Is just her really ripping uh, yeah, it's in 1974, great. just great. really just ripping through this. The original, because uh, we need to acknowledge that, so I'm in compliance. Mm-hmm. Was by uh, Dee Dee Warwick in 1963. That's Dionne Warwick's sister. Oh wow! Um, so she she recorded it, and it, it sounds of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ronstadt just brings the fire. You know, she's got that, like Ronstadt has that, she's got such a great vocal range that she can do the growly stuff mm-hmm. and then she could soar, soar with the best of them. So Ronstadt is just like amazing. The one I'm going to tack on to it um, is Van Halen. They did, they did You're No Good in 1979 on Van Halen too. And they, they took, totally took the song and, and made it and Van Halenized it, right? Mm-hmm. They, they made it their own as well. And much like always something there to remind me, right? You would, you would not know because of, they adapted it so well to their sound, right? They plugged yeah. it right in and, and made it something unique. So you can you can listen to the Ronstadt and the Van Halen side by side and not know for a while that you're listening to the same song. Good choice. Yeah. Very yeah. good choice. Surprising you, right? See, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming out of the left field with these. Oh, yeah, I, you know? yeah. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. That's, that's why we don't share. Cause, uh, that's right. So, so, yeah. So you're no good. So, um yeah, though I'll give you a hint. No, I'm not going to give you a hint. Tell what it. <laughs> You're not getting a hint. No hint. No hint. No hint for you. <laughs> okay. 
I was going to give you, but I think it'll give it away. So I'm not going to. So number two, my number has two has got to be from the seventies because yeah. that's where, the way we're going. So lay, lay it on us. 1976, mm-hmm. Blinded by the Light, ah. Manfred Mann's Earth Band, wow. written by Bruce Springsteen. Again, one of those songs that I heard this version first, had no idea Springsteen wrote it, and it doesn't feel like a Bruce Springsteen song. Like I, I had to this day, I don't even know what the song's about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I cannot make any any kind of sense of these lyrics whatsoever. It's really not the kind of song that's you know you know Springsteen to write. And but it was adapted into this sort of prog rock thing, and they took it to a whole new level. And it was just it's wild. It's and it's again very catchy, very you know, and it fits. I think this their version of it is the definitive version. I mean, Springsteen's. I don't even. I I I, Springsteen fans out there will probably disagree, but it doesn't even come close to this to this thing. I mean, it's just it's so iconic of the seventies and, and, you know, it's been heard in many, many movies, mm. you know, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's from the album, the roaring silence. And it was released in 1976 and 76 was a really good year. I think for, for, for this kind of thing, mm-hmm. for this kind of music, but yeah, there, that, that's, that's my number two. That's uh that was like the first, when we, we talked about doing this episode, this mm-hmm. was like weeks ago. I think we, we conceived of it. That was that was like my number one, like not necessarily my number one pick, but it was the first song. First I First thing of. that jumped, the yeah. first thing that came, and I and never left the list. So there it is. Yeah, that, that's yeah. A, it's it's an epic it's an epic song. I it mean, really is. Yeah, it's it's got so much to it. I don't think anybody realized. You know what? Back then, Springsteen wasn't as big as he was. Right? He no. wouldn't get he wouldn't get gigantic until like Hungry. I mean, he was big on FM radio, but they certainly weren't playing Blinded by the Light his version. They would play the Manfred Mann version. When I finally got around to listening to the Springsteen version, it it his his delivery of it is in that the Springsteen mold of of its time, where it was kind of like Rosalita, like that that storytelling delivery, and Manfred yeah. Mann doesn't do it like that. No, you know, th- theirs is more of, of like, yeah, this like, like really just, just this epic piece with different movement, you know, just, oh yeah. That, lots that's of keyboards, the, yeah, lots of that's sense. The, yeah. It's, it's very, very prog, but pop at the yeah, same no, time. I, I agree. You know? That's, that's yeah. the version. That's the, ver- just like a lot of love, right? It's like, that's the version. Yep. You, you, mm-hmm. di- you know, the other one was there, but yeah. All right. So, there so that's it is. Uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band. That, that's a good choice. I mean, that was a, that's a, and that's still a staple of, yeah. of rock radio and, you, you don't really hear the Springsteen one. You could definitely go check it out. We should maybe do a playlist of these or, or we'll definitely, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, the, the choices, the, the original and the, and the cover. Um, I'll put that in the show notes for each one of us. That'll be neat. Cool. This way people yeah. can go research it. So my number two, oh boy, how could, how could, how could I not have Elvis Presley on my list when we're talking about artists that interpret songs masterfully? And this is, and uh, I didn't, I didn't realize that this was a cover. See, I mean, with Presley, I'm building it up with Presley. He he does he doesn't write songs either, right? Like like Linda Ronstadt. So he mm-hmm. he's really adept at finding songs. But um, I didn't realize that this this song was actually recorded once before. And this is Suspicious Minds from 1969, mm. and this actually hit number one. Very good um, choice. The yeah. original artist was Michael James, and he wrote it. Um, he released it as a single in 1968 and it went nowhere and he had written some other stuff. Uh, he, he had actually 
wrote quite a few songs that Elvis would record. Also, he wrote uh, Moody. He co-wrote Moody Blue, which was one of Elvis's last songs before he passed away. Mm-hmm. So Elvis heard this this single and said, "You know what? I could make something of this." And in 1969, Elvis was hot off the heels of his of his 68 comeback special. Um, if you ever see pictures or, or music videos or videos yeah, of Elvis yeah. where he's wearing all the, the black leather and he's sitting yep. around, that was his comeback special. That was his attempt at re- kind of rehabbing his image because in the 60s, he had spent so much time making these throwaway movies. He made, he, Elvis made like 30 films in his life and that's in a, a span of like like 12 or 13 years because mm-hmm. he was just cranking those things out and con- contractually obligated. He finally got free of that. And, and that's when he started touring more and, and the Vegas residencies and all that stuff started. So Suspicious Minds was was everybody reacquainting themselves with Elvis as a, as a mature singer. And that's one of the things I love about this song and this era is I'm a fan of like the later Elvis voice. Mm-hmm. Not the, you know, when he was younger, he had that, that just that really delicate, love me tender voice. And, and he could really sing kind of an angelic for lack of a better term when he got older his voice really got more powerful and it got heavier uh it got thicker mm-hmm. and suspicious minds you hear that that's that's a mature man singing uh, singing this song and i just i love his his vocals his his vocal sound from 69 up until he died he never really lost his voice as horrible yeah. as his 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 physical appearance got he was one of those those people that never lost their voice he could still like blast and suspicious minds was uh, was was kind of relaunching him into the public public consciousness because then a couple of years later uh, in seventy two he would hit hit again with burning love, mm-hmm. and so those two songs really kind of encapsulate Elvis in the seventies because then after that he did all of his crazy touring Aloha from Hawaii. So you like um, his you like the Vegas years? <laughs> I like the oh yeah. <laughs> With the I white like the, suit, and the, yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, yep. Only because if if you ever watch the Aloha from Hawaii concert, I I highly recommend anybody who thinks Elvis is a joke or or yeah. has become a punchline, watch Aloha from Hawaii. And yeah, he's wearing the gaudy outfit, but he could get away with. He's he could he could oh, sell at that it. point. He yeah, he could do anything. But you listen to songs <laughs> like you uh, you gave me a mountain, and oh my god, th- this guy could just rip. That's that that this was Elvis in his like in his zone for me was 1969. So Suspicious Minds number two, cool, very right, so really good go. choice. Num- okay, so number one, so it's, it's number not one. it's not going to be difficult to say that this is from the 60s because we're going in decades. Well, or is it from the 70s, but earlier, it's early 70s. Okay, it's ni- right. 1970, so. 1970 on the dot, yes. and this is your number one, but not. I need to clarify. You're not saying this is the number one. It just happens to be number one on your list. It, it's <laughs> it's number one on my list, but I had something else in its place. But Got I it. decided to use this instead. All right. And I'll tell you let's, why. Let's have it. And it's uh, Little Wing by Derek and the Dominoes. Record, it was Jimi Hendrix's song. This, this was from Layla and other assorted love songs, which I consider to be probably the bold statement. It's. I think it's the finest guitar rock album of all time, Ooh. Um, hands down. I'm, and I'm just gonna. I'm gonna stick to that. You know. So this particular version of the song, I think, has been covered. This arrangement of the song has been widely covered by everyone after. And nobody does Hendrix version of it. Not even Stevie Ray Vaughan, I think, did his version because his 
Hendrix's version was pretty low key. It was it was off of his uh, Axis Bold of Love album. And it was very it wasn't, you know, like what this thing was like, sort of an anthem, like Dwayne Allman, like mm-hmm. built it to be sort of like this real reverent kind of thing. And it's like the, the, the guitars and this are just they reach into the stratosphere. And, and it's just it's, it, again, very stunning. Hendrix's version is this pretty low, loose thing, and he's more experimenting about the tone of his guitar, you know, going through the channels, and then he's just, you know, whatever, and it's just his vocal is not really, so it's pretty underwhelming, mm-hmm. actually, you know, but their for, version, for Hendrix, for Hendrix yeah, yeah, and that's, you know, for their version, they, you know, this was, a, this, and this was like the very end of the recording process for them. They, they had just finished recording the song, Layla, and that was supposed to be it. And Eric was like, Eric Clapton was asking Dwayne Allman, like, do, do you want to do anything else? You know, so, hey, how about Little Wing by Jimi Hendrix? So they and so they came up with this arrangement and just took it to a whole new different level. And it's it's been my favorite when you consider that this is maybe two songs away from the title track of that album and, and everything that comes before it. It's it's just amazing. People like Sting have done it. Uh, he's covered it. Uh, people like uh, the Coors, the, the Irish band, the Coors, mm-hmm. they've done it this way uh, in a much you know more poppy sense, but at the same arrangement, the same you know melody and and, and but uh, but their version, uh, hands down, it's it's I think it's it's much better than Hendrix. Now, what do you think was was supposed to take its place there? Obviously, which I consider to be probably the. Well, let me let's <laughs> oh, do your number one first. Okay. Oh, so you're you. I see what you're doing. You were asking me what I thought your what was going to be there. Now, what do you think was what do you think was there in the first place? Interestingly enough, if, um, okay. Interestingly enough, which means it's it's somewhat associated then, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. I, then I got no clue. So save it. I'll save it. Save it. Save it for the for the honorable mentions. I'm gonna. I'll just throw out a quick guess. Okay. Black Magic Woman. Right, that's fine. That's an honorable mention, though, because um, mm-hmm. that's the same era. Anyway, okay, all right. So number one, I'm gonna stand on this. <laughs> I'm putting Eric just put Little Wing into into the into the ring. Mm-hmm. My number one is going is gonna go toe to toe with it, and I don't think you're gonna guess. Do you want to try and guess? Roll over Beethoven. No, but not ELO. Close. Nope. Never. Really? No, never. I don't, okay. I don't think that's better than the original. No. Uh, really? Yeah, really. You thought that was going to be it? Uh, uh, yeah. See how how easily swayed you are. Wow, that's no. This what I'm what I'm about to lay down has no. That that is not the greatest cover of all time. What I'm so about. This, what, so you 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 think this is the greatest cover of all time? I think so. Okay. I think so. And again, mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with whether or not I like the song. So this is I'm picking. This is what I think is the greatest cover of all time. Okay. Um, it's it's not a song I listen to per se, but we you have we have to respect the, like this song's got to get its due. I will always love you by Whitney Houston. Oh, is probably the greatest cover ever ever done. Hmm. What she did for that song and and to that song, um, was nothing short of amazing. It 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 caught Whitney Houston at the height of her powers. In 92, this was from the soundtrack to The Bodyguard, mm-hmm. um, originally written by Dolly Parton in 1973, spent 14 weeks at number one. I mean, everybody knows that 
part where where the song stops and then she just starts singing, you know, and uh, you know she just goes for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It's just it's just a great cover. I I can't. I, this is it. This has to be it. This has to be the greatest cover. I'm sorry. It's got one, over one billion plays on YouTube. Mm. One billion with a B on YouTube. Okay, so that should tell you right there. It's there. There's very few videos that have, have over a billion plays. And I will always love you. I'm not going to dispute it. Yeah, because I, I, you know, it is. Yeah. You know, and, and Dolly my... Parton. Dolly Parton made a cool ten million dollars off that off of her version mm. and and no one and and you know what the funny thing is is linda ronstadt had covered it it's been covered throughout the years but no one ever paid attention to it right yeah. so so that it's got to it's got to speak and and actually elvis wanted to cover it elvis is like standard contract is he gets half of the the songwriting royalties as well um and dolly parton declined she didn't want to sign that over oh and she okay. was heartbroken she goes i can't you know i can't believe i have to say no to elvis um, but th- but she wasn't going to give up her song like that, like give up the the publishing royalties to it, and, and good on her because yeah, you know good the, for her, yeah. The, the ship the ship would come in, you know, almost twenty years later, sure, with Whitney Houston, and and Whitney Houston just blasted this song into the stratosphere. I mean, that's all that was playing in '92. You couldn't the the movie didn't do a lot, and and if whatever the movie did was probably because because of of the song and the soundtrack, because the soundtrack was no slouch. She had a lot of good songs on there, Queen of the Night, and I remember listening to that back in the day. But um, very surprised, I'm very surprised. See? This this old, this old dog's got some tricks. I'm shocked that you don't think that ELO's version of Roll Over Beethoven is nah. better than the original. No, I don't think. I so. am absolutely shocked by that. See that? Wow, that's see? you know. Now I'm making up for for the four uh, out of five. Well, that's right. What, what, this is well. Th- this is the re- Return of the Jedi. Of of the <laughs> of this is our third one. So this is me, like like stumping you. That you thought you were going to be able to predict that. Well, no, there you go. There, there isn't. There is an honor. There is an ELO in the honorable mention list, but it's it's not rollover Beethoven. I don't think that's the best. You know, uh, I, I, it's one of my not one of my favorite ELO songs. I, you know, it's not one of my favorites hmm. when it comes down to listening to. So no. So yeah. The, so so just roll roll down your your five to one again, just quick. What were they from five to one? Okay, Heroes by Peter Gabriel. Originally covered, originally done by David Bowie, "Killing Me Softly," the Fugees, uh, originally recorded by Roberta Flack, "Always Something There to Remind Me," "Naked Eyes," originally done by Burt Bacharach, "Blinded by the Light," Manfred Mann's Earth Band, originally done by Bruce Springsteen, "Little Wing," Derek and the Dominoes, originally done by Jimi Hendrix. Cool. And mine so. were "A uh, Lot of Love" by Nicolette Larson, original artist Neil Young. Rosewood Bitters by Joe Walsh, original artist Michael Stanley band or Michael Stanley. Uh, You're No Good. I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying that's the name of the song (laughs) by Linda Ronstadt. And then the original artist was Dee Dee Warwick. Number two was Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley, originally uh, released by uh, Michael James. Mm -hmm. And then the number one, I Will Always Love You by the incomparable Whitney Houston and written by the incomparable (laughs) Dolly Parton. Yeah, that's and one, that's that's great. That's really, really, it's a really good choice, actually. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, that. and if you notice my 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 order, because there's a lot of women. Yeah. And, it, and I knew I knew Whitney Houston was going to be number one. So then I, after that, I just kind of staggered it. So it's 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 girl guy, girl guy, girl. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, I, you know, a, a lot of, I mean, Ronstadt was a shoe in. I mean, there was no yeah. doubt that she was going to have that. You know, there wasn't no way any way she wasn't going to be on my list. So, honorable mention: who who came off the list very recently? Until you come back to me by Aretha Franklin. Mm. Original, originally recorded and written by Stevie Wonder. Oh wow! In 1967, yeah. but he didn't actually release. He recorded it in 67, didn't release it on, on, on an album until 77. But I love like "Until You Come Back to Me." Such a great vocal by Aretha Franklin. What do you mm-hmm. What do you have? What's one you have? One that I have is well, here's this is my what I consider to be the best cover of all time. This was it. This was the one, and that's all along the Watchtower. Okay, by Hendrix. Yep, originally absolute. Done by- it's not not only but originally it was really by Bob Dylan. Again, one of those interesting where Bob Dylan's version was nothing like what Hendrix mm. did to it. Yeah. And, you know, the, the combination of both, even Dylan concedes that his is the better version. Um, he just took it to, oh God, you know. Yeah. But I thought it was more, in, but I, to me, that seems to be the undisputed one for me, at least. I mean, because mm-hmm. it's not only my, what I consider to be the greatest, but also one of my favorite songs of all time. Really? You know, just period, period. Yeah. Wow. You know, I could, I could honestly, I could, you know, put that in a, maybe in a top 10 list or, you know, whatever. So I just, I just love the song, but I thought it would be more interesting to, you know, to talk about the Domino's version because it's just so different. And, and again, it's this, it's the same kind of thing where they did like a whole different arrangement to it. And, you know, so it was honoring two great guitar players, honoring Jimi Hendrix. So I kind of wanted to, you know, cause there's really not much else to say about, watchtower that hasn't already been said so you know no, so that's there a good choice is. that's a good choice yeah. mm-hmm. i had um for for another honorable honorable mention since we were going the elo route this was che- it was cheating though i didn't want to put it on because it's cheating <laughs> why uh do you okay yeah i see where you're going with this <laughs> so the song do you from a new world record from 1976 is done by elo and everybody knows that version it's very popular mm-hmm. but it was actually done by a group called the move 60s english psychedelic pop band but the cheating part is is jeff lynn was in the move and they recorded it there and then he actually re he remade he recovered his own song and he actually did do it better the newer version of of do you is better so that i i thought you know what that's kind of cheating (laughs) that's like i don't know know. i mean yeah well uh, you know well here's here's well okay he he covered his own song so it's kind of like all right you know he took another swing at it okay i have another good and you might think this is cheating too, because you said no live versions. Yes, now, I how, did. Now, however, we said, however, <laughs> however, it, there was there is a studio version of it, and it's Young Man Blues by the Who, and they made this thing iconic. It was written by a guy named Mose Allison mm-hmm. way back in I think it was the late fifties, and his version is very it's jazzy. It's like he's like a jazz pianist, and it's very very tinny, sort of very very kind of lay, almost laid back. The Who kind of rocked it out. Now, you could argue that, okay, it's not supposed to be live, but live at Leeds by itself, you know, really right. put The Who on the map. So you're going with a live one then? On, by, I prefer the live version, but they did record it in the studio, and it was, it's on right. the Odds and Sons album. Technicality. So, but, but, so you're, but, you're, but you're saying that, that if you were going to go with a, a live song, this would be it? That would be it. Yeah, their okay. their version of the song is just. <laughs> and you talk about the punk sensibility and mm-hmm. and bring and just you know really plugging in and and just loud and and just taking it to you know again another level. But yeah, I'll, but that's I'll, there, I'll, there's my there's my cheat. But uh, I'll it's th- not I'll on the list. One, you know? I'll, I'll throw a live one out there too. <laughs> then 
I wasn't prepared, but you could, uh, I, I may get flack for this, but uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Just say just, it. Just say it. <laughs> say it. I really like, uh, you could almost pick anything from this concert too. So you might, you, that might give it away um, from the concert for George. Okay. There are so many great performances in there. Oh um, Yeah. But I, you know, and, and yeah, this is a hometown favorite, but, but Jeff Lynn's version of give me love and the arrangement. I just, I just love how he handled the vocal mm-hmm. for that. And I just love Clapton's playing on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just, I just love it. I love how he, he handled it and uh, it's, it's live, but it almost sounds like it's not because it's just so well produced, obviously too, because they just, you know, Jeff Lynn spends a ton of time I, on I, that. I, I'll go even further. I think every every version of the songs. I was going to say are, that you could just say concert for George and you concert for it. George. Every song on there is I quite possibly maybe better than the original. Yeah, you no. know I like you know Clapton's version of of uh, water. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, beware, beware of darkness. darkness. I love oh, yeah. his Clapton's version. You yep. know, much better than George's. You know, yeah. like I love all things must pass, but. You know, but the, but they, you know, the way they did these songs with the orchestra and, and you know, and, and everything, it was just the whole yeah. concert is just. I don't think Petty's version of Taxman was better, though. His is a little. Well, a little rough. But, but, but overall, you could say put on concert for George and you'll hear cover songs like, you know, bar bar none, like all yeah. of them were done expertly. Mm-hmm. Um, even McCartney at the end with the ukulele and he does uh, something and just, yeah, ah, that's a whole other show. Um, do you have a. a a, a very obscure one in your honorable mention that maybe no one's ever heard of. That you can turn um, somebody maybe to? I do. Um, maybe we'll I do that uh, one. wonder wall by Ryan Adams. He did a cover of the, of uh, the Oasis? Oasis. Yeah. Okay. Like it. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's very slow. Very, it's just the haunting vocal. It's like the whispery kind of vocal. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I like it much better than Oasis's version. Wow. You know, so I, I have two, I have a, two, you know, two obscures. <clears throat> okay. These are very obscure. You might remember. You'll, you'll remember. I, hopefully, you'll remember both. But one in particular, I hope you remember. So I'll save that. The first one is a cover of the song "Funky Town" from the seventies. Okay, Inc. Uh, yeah. There was a group, an Australian group called Pseudo Echo, and okay. in the eighties, kind of like always something there to remind me. They they eighties eighties up <laughs> Funky Town. Yeah, with with the you know the the keyboards and the synthesizers, and it sounds nothing like that that one, but. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, do you remember this? I had it on cassette and I guarantee I probably, you must've heard it. Group called Laszlo Bain and they did a version of Overkill by Men at Work. No. And the great, the great thing about it, it's kind of, it's kind of like nineties punk pop, alt pop type thing. Yeah. Um, so they, they kind of do it that way, but in that second part of the song where Colin Hay is like, I can't get to sleep, right? That part. Mm-hmm. Uh, he actually sings it. They got Colin Hay to sing that part on the song. Really? So that's, you're listening. That's wild. Yeah, so you're listening <laughs> to this cover of, of Overkill, which is a great song and very a, a very curious choice. And then Colin Hay comes in at the end and sings that whole part. Uh, mm. at the end which is just a great you know and he, and he and this this was in the 90s but he had still had a great like he delivers so look up look up Laszlo Bain is the name of the group they didn't wow. do anything after this this was it but i was obsessed with with their version of overkill just because it had Colin Hay from you know the lead singer from Men at Work in it that's wild yeah so uh, they got him to do it which was kind of uh, neat it was kind of well i guess australian you know he's he's going to uh you know help out uh some uh 
people from his own country, right? Nothing wrong with that. So, wow, that that was fast and furious. And it's interesting when you when you when I was thinking about this, right? Because I was trying to figure out what 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 is it going to be? What what should I pick? And I, I just went with it. You know, I just I was just thinking, what do I li- what do I listen to that I like? Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't trying yeah. to go too hard, too, too deep and too hard into outsmarting anything. It's kind of like I've always loved a lot of love. I've always loved You're No Good and Rosewood Bitters. I mean, those were those were these are like easy things for me. I just the education was some of them I didn't realize were covers. Yeah. You know, and that was the thing is, is up until relatively recently, I was like, I, you, you know, when, and, and that's a great thing when when an artist can fool you and, and make it you know, which is different than someone writing a song, you know, professional songwriters, and then they give somebody a song. But these are, these are the artists hearing this song elsewhere and then saying, you know, I'm going to take a crack at it, mm-hmm. especially with, and and I don't think you'd find two different ones than Nicolette Larson and Neil Young. Though those, I think that's my biggest contrast one for out of my list is if you listen to Neil Young and the Nicolette Larson, a lot of love. Uh, I wonder. I, do, I wonder what goes through the artist's mind. I mean, do, do you think that they intend to make it better than the original? Is that is you know you you always hear like they're so humble. They tried to be humble and say, well, you know, it wasn't our intent to make it. You know, to necessarily. I just want to do it justice. But I think it's subjective, really, right? You, uh, yeah, I, but do you really think that you know some of the you know they know that they're doing something better? Did you, did you think that ever That's happened? A good you know, it's, it's a good know. question because there, there are people that are going to be purists, right? And always, yeah. no matter what, say the the original, no matter what, is is what the intent was, right? And it's mm-hmm. uh, especially something like always something there to remind me, right? Like for me, I, the the remake, the A's version is my version. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. my version. I, that's the one I know. Um, it's not like I, I, I knew both and could, was able to pick. Like I didn't realize until much later that that was a cover. Right. So much like like Rosewood Bitters, that's my version because I didn't know there was a version before. You know, yeah, so I, I had no idea that was a cover. Yeah. Not so you, I guess it's it's all subjective. Now, if you were a Michael Stanley fan and then you see that there's Rosewood Bitters, you, you might not like it because Joe Walsh cut out a, a ton of lyrics and, and kind of changed changed the song. Changed It was a lot longer as far as the storytelling and the lyrics of it. And Joe Walsh took it and turned around and, and just like Little Wing, you know, they're, they're taking it and making it into making it their own. And, and oftentimes it then becomes something else. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. like kind of reminds me of like Bob Welch's version of Sentimental, Sentimental. Lady, where he cuts out an entire <laughs> verse of the song. I'm always looking for that other verse because yeah. I love, you know, from Bear Trees, I love yeah. the, the original Fleetwood Mac version. So I like, and, the, and newer, I to- I like the slicker produced version. That's because uh, Lindsay's I, producing it. <laughs> no, I just think I just think he gets. I think it. it I think taking out that verse kind of makes the song a little tighter, a little punchier, um, and, and the new production doesn't hurt uh, just because they. It's just got a. It's it's got a fuller production to it. It's fuller sound because you got the yeah. guitar. You got the acoustic guitar in the back, and then you've got the electric over it. Um, so that's that's one of those those instances of an artist re covering themselves mm-hmm. right and 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 take it like elo did with do you you know taking another swing at it yeah which yep. is which is different than re-recording because the, the 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 thing now one of the new the new gimmicks with bands is going back and re-recording their old stuff mm-hmm. which i'm i'm the varying degrees of of success taylor swift just most no, most recently did that she had a recover 
her her albums because she when she was young she signed a really horrible deal and didn't own the rights to the recordings of of her first album so she just literally put out another album she just re-released her very first album she had to recut everything hmm. and redo it squeeze did the same thing yeah squeeze squeeze did a, a an album called spot the difference um, and they did pretty, yep. Yeah, and their intent though was to make these as exact as possible. And they came pretty darn close. Even so many yeah. years later, if you, if you <clears throat> listen to the version of tempted with Paul Carrick, mm -hmm. I was like, wow, Paul Carrick said like, did they take the old vocal? He sounded really good. Yeah. Um, he, Jeff Lynn did it with his, with his ELO stuff. He recorded a, a greatest hits album, but then re-recorded them. And eh, no, I, I don't think it's, I'll, I'll say no, the originals are better in, in those cases, but Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what the reasons are for for sometimes for artists to to revisit their catalog and re-record it. Hmm. What do you think about McCartney's latest about uh, they just re-released the album with with well, other artists? Other people do it. Yeah, no, I love that. He, he that was he, interesting. Yeah, yeah, his 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 McCartney three comes out like last year, and to much fanfare. And then he <clears throat> go ahead they re they re-released the album, but. With just and and Saint Vincent is on it, and she's got a new album coming out, and he just gave it to like current artists and let them re reinterpret it, which is fun. That's nice. That's kind of neat. It's a nice companion piece to see what other people what their spin on it is. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I like it. Kind of neat. I like it as like well. A it's yep. kind of like a tribute album, but before the the album had time to, to, to get to old. really get on. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> he comes out with the album and then the, an album of, of people covering it. Like maybe that, he, that's like maybe, only McCartney could get away with that. Maybe right? he knows something we don't. <laughs> well, well <laughs> he's, he's McCartney, so he's the only guy that's going to be able to ever get away with releasing an album and saying, hey, do you guys want to do covers? Yeah. Who's going to say no? Right? No <laughs> one's going to say no. They'll all be in on it. So he, he's yeah. he's probably the only person that could get away with it. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, that that's actually you know I didn't listen to that though. I didn't I haven't heard anything from the uh, from McCartney three uh, or the covers. But yeah, it's it's got a it's got a pretty decent guest list. And yeah, and I didn't even go into some Zeppelin. There was some Zepp. There was an album called en Encomium in the nineties, um, and it was all Zeppelin covers. And there was a lot of great stuff on there. And I didn't even really even touch that. Cracker was on there and Stone Temple Pilots with their their version of Dancing Days. Um, but I don't think those are better. They're different. No, they were. They, yeah, the 90s seemed to have that. There was a lot of like what they call tribute the records tributes, too. The door, they did one to the Doors and they, there was Mac a, had one. There was, there was one that I had. There was a Curtis Mayfield one. And they had people like Clapton on there and Steve Winwood and Phil Collins and Bruce Springsteen and, you know, just a lot of bunch of other people. And. I actually like some of the versions of those songs, though, the way they interpret them uh, better than what Curtis Mayfield did back in the day, only because mm -hmm. of the production. Mm -hmm. You know, Curtis Mayfield had that, had a great voice, but the production standards at the time with some of the arrangements of these songs weren't as strong. Yeah. So when these other artists did them, they, you know, they really fleshed it out. So, but uh, yeah, and Hendrix, I think there's maybe like two or three different tribute oh, albums to yeah. him. Tributes you to know, the Beatles, that kind of tributes thing, you know, to Buddy right. Holly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I didn't. I didn't even try and. That would have been easy to go to, right? Actually, I didn't even think about it. I mean, there's so yeah. many Beatles tribute I albums. Thought, and the other I thing. thought like, about yeah. it, but I was like, nah, this is not. You know, because you know, I don't think they're, they're better necessarily. It's yeah, just, exactly. Know, I, I went with stuff you know, that I that I like. I said that I listened right, to. That I same with me. Yeah, that, these are songs my, that I genuinely like, and and you know, that have been part of 
my life, you know, but, you know, so I, I think about that too, like personal memories and that kind of thing. So cool. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, if we continue to do top fives, mm-hmm. um, I'm committed to getting you to commit to a number one. I just have to find the right subject. <laughs> I, I need to find okay. the right subject matter that you'll say, Oh, this is the number one of everything. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, maybe, maybe, I don't know why I'm we weird that t- way. Maybe if we do the top five star Wars films, it's hard to it's hard to pick a number one. It really is. It it really is because there's just so much good stuff out there. Um, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to get you a dartboard. You know. <laughs> I'm going to get you a dartboard. You could just throw darts and and leave it to chance. Five, five, completely you five, random. You throw five darts and whatever the last dart is, that's number one. And then okay. you, you stand by. Well, it. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's going to do it for our our top five covers that we feel were better than the originals. We would like to know what your favorite covers are, or if you disagree with any of ours, but I certainly would like to hear some other, other choices and selections that you think are a cover that's better. And there's a lot to choose from. So we by no means didn't even come close to scratching the surface of this. So there's a lot of ground there. So, so Mm -hmm. by all means share with us on social media, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at 3324podcast. Let us know what your favorite covers are. And as always, we thank you um, for your support. Uh, it always it means the world to us, and we are, we are humbled and grateful. And for Eric, uh, my name is Dean. This has been the 3324 Podcast, and we will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 